0: Well, welcome guys. We're going to tonight do a service that's oriented towards the new year, since New Year's is coming up. How many people would like this next year to be better than the, the one that just passed? Anybody? Okay. So in, in light of that, I, I started thinking about what would be a, a really good series to do to set, where we can set ourselves up better for next year. And I think God's just been working it in my heart because I've been also seeing the confusion that people that I've talked to, even in our congregation, have about how the mind works and, and how that impacts our life. So for the next six weeks, starting tonight, uh, I'm going to be doing a series called Extreme Makeover Brain Edition. So... <laughs> <laughs> um So I, I thought about uh, originally, like because I feel like a lot of the changes that have taken place in in my life, I- in many ways, have been almost like I think about them as feeling like I like I got a new brain. Like there's been areas of my life where I feel like my brain is different, and it feels great. It's not like. I got rid of who I was or my individuality or my identity. It just feels like I'm thinking in a way that's not dragging me down. Uh, There are, overall, there are four different areas that I want to be focusing on and that we'll be focusing on in the weeks to come. Um, If you can put those up, the, the feelings and the thoughts. No, 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 sorry, not that. It's the one that says feelings, thoughts, mind, heart. Okay, thank you. Okay, there's a lot of scripture. God speaks a lot about the mind, how it works, and some of these different areas. And in preparation, I've I've kind of... It's been great because I've actually, uh, you know, over this last period of time in preparation for the series, have read every scripture <laughs> that uses these ver- words or some version of them. And it's exciting to see how much God speaks about this arena of life. I would say we really underestimate the power of the mind in how it affects our life. Um, I, I came from a school of thought in my faith journey that was all about positive Christianity, where the the way that I was taught about how you deal with the mind is that you ignore bad feelings, bad thoughts, things like that. And so you ignore reality in it. You just It was kind of the... The positive thinking school of Christianity and of course back in those days I read all the sales books of motivational um, thinking like think and grow rich and those kinds of things and so in that philosophy which exists in churches not just in in sales organizations. The belief is that you just say good things to yourself and that'll change your life. You can look in the mirror and have positive affirmations. I'm beautiful and everybody loves me, you know, things like that, you know. (laughs) That that's the key to a better life is that you do the self-talk that's positive. Now, it's funny because I believed in that and I do get to some degree, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to feed yourself something that's not true, Feeding yourself something positive is better than feeding yourself something <laughs> negative. <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assert that just affirmations sometimes is, can be telling yourself lies, and you kind of know it at the time. You know, have you ever done that where you've told yourself, well, if you feel really crummy about yourself, about your worth, and you've got harsh self-voices, harsh self-talk, but then you try to combat it with just positive things, but there's a part of you that's going, it's a lie, it's a lie, that's not true, and that kind of thing, and, and it also leads to what happened to me in that one side of things, is that I ignored hurts and, and bad things, and that did not help me, it did not help me to grow, it did not help me to heal, it did not help me to be in reality, to just sort of give myself a little positive pep talk, and ignore some of the other parts of life. Now, on the other side of the fence from that, from the positive self-talk school of thought, is the, the sense of you can't help how you feel. You just feel crummy, and you feel powerless, and I feel sad, I feel afraid, I feel what have you. And you just get stuck in that. And I'm sure we've all dealt with times where we felt like our brain was out of control and where we had thoughts that felt like they were spinning. I I, I don't know a person that hasn't experienced that. They're kind of crazy making, aren't they? It feels like we have no control. It just dominates us, it chews us up, it and and think about, you know, what are some of the um you know, some of the various areas that you've experienced as far as out of control thinking or thoughts. Anybody want to put some out there? You don't have to share personally or anything. You could just sort of say, those other people I heard about, experienced. What are some of the areas that feel like out of control thinking or thoughts? Anger. Anybody felt that? Lust. How about what? Food. Food. Out of control about that? Addiction things, what? Regret. Regret. Unforgiveness. Not Not good enough. Bitterness. Envy jealousy, all of these things. We have had, we've all experienced those times and, and to me they're some of the worst moments of my life. It's like living in hell when my brain is spun out of control with thoughts that are destructive and hurtful, and, and it feels like I can't stop them. Well, we're actually going to be addressing all of these areas that we're talking about over the next few weeks, and talking about the fact that God has an answer that's different from the out of control, I'm powerless, I feel this way, so there's nothing I can do about it, I just feel this way. Or the let me just pep talk myself and lie to myself and pretend that everything's good and hunky-dory when it's not really. Because I don't believe either one of those are the answer. But in God, there's a huge amount of scripture where God is very clear about what we can do with our minds. And so much of what affects our life takes place in the mind. So it's an area that's, that's important for us not to ignore and not to ignore what we do with that. And uh, so here's some of the categories that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about feelings, which, you know, we think about feelings as being you know, something that takes place in our heart. Um, But feelings are really, what they are, are just signals. They're neither bad or good. They just inform us. Many of us have, you know, the the problem and the misunderstanding comes in because some of the out-of-control things are feelings that feel out of control, but we don't know where they're coming from. They just feel like they showed up somehow, and we don't know how they got there, and then if, if you try and tell yourself to stop it, have you ever done that? That does not work, does it? Stop it, stop it, stop talking. It, you know, it's just useless. But there is no good or bad with feelings. Feelings, and we're going to be talking about this, are merely indicators that something's going on. They're just things to pay attention to to tell us that something else is happening that, that uh, is worthy of notice and understanding where, we're, where we are. The other area that we're going to talk about <coughs> in this are thoughts, and you've probably noticed, and we're going to talk about this as, as we go, that we can choose, w- like, we don't always choose what thoughts h- enter our brain. Sometimes we get very crazy thoughts, like, oh, why don't you just drive off the bridge, or, you know, you know, like... Oh, what would it feel like if I cut off my finger? You know, or just everybody's had some crazy thoughts. Don't look at me like I'm the only one. I'm getting some looks like, (laughs) really? You're weird. But anyway, so (laughs) we've all had just nutty kind of thoughts that enter in, but we can choose whether they dwell or not. Random thoughts come in, but we decide where we, but we get to choose or decide where we stay focused. And then the mind is is sort of where what we're going to be talking about as the whole of what we're thinking and feeling, and then we're also going to talk about the heart. And the heart, there's a few words in the Bible for heart, but interestingly enough, I mean, when you think about the heart, the heart in the Bible, the words that all relate to it talk about it being the innermost part of our being. So it's kind of when it relates to the mind, if you think of the mind as being everything that we're thinking about, there are thoughts, there's there are things that are just sort of more superficial. Uh, but the heart, it talks about in the Bible, is sort of the core. And it, it's a part of the mind. It's not really a part like the thing that's thumping inside of our chest. But it really is the innermost part of our being. It's kind of what, out of, and we, we're going to talk about it, uh, it's what we care most about. The things that matter the most. And, and the Bible talks about it, it makes us who we are in many ways. So we're going to talk about those different areas and how they work. Let's go to Romans 12 in verse 2. And this, is, this in particular is going to be the theme for the whole six weeks theory. So we're going to be referring back to this. <coughs> it's a great verse of scripture. And it says, in Romans 12 in verse 2, it says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So let's just look at that. And so there's a lot in just that that little section right there. I think we think we're more independent beings than we are. But the Bible, what the Bible says, that if we are not proactive, we will just be formed by the world. And the world is run by who? The devil. The devil, it says, is the God of this age, is the God of this world. So if we are passive in how we relate to our minds, and what we feed our minds, and what we dwell on. If we don't make choices deliberately, then we will be molded just like a piece of clay, conformed. You think about it. It's almost like the devil's the sculpture of your life and what happens with it if we don't make the choices. (coughs) So being passive, we're just getting molded like a piece of clay. (coughs) And it says don't do that any longer to the pattern. The pattern is... You know, you think about a pattern, it's like a pattern of fabric or a die or something is shaped, you know, it, it, a die is, is, is a pat- kind of a pattern. You know the dyes where in, in factories where um, it's a pattern and you stamp something out and it all follows that shape or a pattern In it's easier to think about if <coughs> except I don't know anybody that sews anymore. But back in my day, people used to sew a lot <coughs> and there would be... You would, you know, you'd have a dress pattern, and you'd cut the fabric along uh, the shape of the pattern. So that gives you an image of what's happening when we're being formed to the pattern of this world, which is Satan's kingdom. But, and the word but always indicates that it's a contrast to what has gone before. So if you don't want to be conformed, if that's not the desire of your heart, it says... The, uh, the, in contrast, but to be transformed. And that word transformed is metamorphou. You know, where we get, you've heard the word metamorphosis. And so the word metamorphosis, there's, it's such a great image. It comes from this Greek word metamorphou of transformed. You know, what do you think about when you think about metamorphosis? Butterfly. And so this is the pattern is that it is possible to be transformed, which is, and talk about the transformation of a caterpillar to a butterfly is is stunning. It's shocking when you watch it happen if you didn't know that that's how life works and God works, you wouldn't hardly believe it. That a butter- and you think about what a caterpillar starts off with and it's, you know, you're they're not exactly the most attractive creatures. They're almost like little worms, you know? It's just sort of like and, you know, into a butterfly, which, which is interesting, because I think most of us think of beauty, and a butterfly is one of the things that we think about. Like the contrast, there's just so many visual contrasts in so many ways from, you know, you just think of all of the pa- of the parallels here uh, in a metamorphosis situation of, of a caterpillar, which is an ugly little wormy thing that doesn't move very far and just sort of inches along. And, you know, it's... I don't know, it's not, who, anybody want to be that? You know, that's not, you know, it's, <laughs> it's I, I don't know, that's not, n- most people are not aspiring or th- consider themselves, Go. Like, oh, I'd like to be like a caterpillar. It's just sort of like, but when you think about the butterfly, butterflies are usually just shockingly beautiful. They're just the colors, the vibrancy, also the, the fact that you think of them as being light and flying, and just, they're just all of these images that we think about Free, which is a great one, I love that too. We get a sense of that, of beauty and lightness and freedom and all of those things. But it represents the metamorphosis, radical transformation is possible. Radical transformation, metamorphosis transformation is possible, the Bible says. that instead of being conformed to the pattern of the world, it says, but to be transformed. And how do we get that? By renewing our mind. So the key, if you, if you want radical change in your life, the key is in renewed mind. So what could that mean? What do you think about when you think about, you know, you think about the whole concept of renewing your mind. For one, renewal. Renewal, again, you think about giving life. You think about being restored in that word renewal. And how that, affa- how that impacts our mind, our brain. Most of us are not even aware of the fact that we have choice when it comes to our minds. How often do you think about that? You know that that's our choice as far as what we do with our, with our mind, where we focus. Renewed mind is the process that we're going to be talking about in these weeks to come in different arenas of our life that it's possible to have radical transformation by renewing our minds. Renewing our minds is getting our thoughts and our minds and the patterns of our minds to line up with God. Because when we do that, when the way that we think and where we dwell and the patterns in our brains line up with God, great transformation is available. And I would say, you know, it's funny because we always think and talk about the devil, the devil being the God of this world and the father of lies, that somehow we think that lining things up with God means that we're all going to be like little drones or uniform or lose our individuality. And that somehow we think we're free in doing the world's thing. You know, well, I, I'm not conforming. We just, it's just, you know, if you, I, I don't know about you guys, but I look back at my life and my, my lack of freedom... From doing whatever I felt like and following the world's patterns was not freedom, was not life. You know, you just think about the whole today in, in particular, you know, in the promiscuity and how much that's being sold today as being free. I don't know anybody that's actually blessed by having sex with many people never seen it happen, never seen people go, "Wow, I feel great. My life is really awesome." You know, for having random sex with so many people. I there's honestly, it's just but you see it on TV, it looks that way. And and many of us that tried that route for a while thought that that was the key to great to having a great free life and expressing ourselves. But there's so many things in the world that are like that where where we think we're not being conformed. We're thinking that we're being individuals and it's completely the opposite. We're just being putty in Satan's hands and he's getting to carve us out to be what he'd like us to be powerless people (coughs) anyway let's continue with that (coughs) so let's go to uh, 2nd Corinthians 10 also I'm going to say that we're going to see this more and more Oh, can we get the brain picture? Oh, thank you. (laughs) Mm. That in the spiritual battle, and we'll see this too as we're looking at things, that, you know, we're in a spiritual battle with Satan being the god of this world. I would say a majority of the spiritual battle takes place in our minds. That's, big part of the battlefield is actually in, in the mind, in our thoughts. Not all of it, mind you, but a really big part of the battle is waging between our ears. <coughs> Let's go to 2 <coughs> Corinthians 10 and verse 5. <coughs> I do need water. See, we got a little chart with a little brain. How fun is that? This is your brain. This is not a technically accurate chart that we're going to be doing, but uh, <laughs> Dr. Cindy Lee here, she'd probably be horrified with my little chart that has, <laughs> since that's what she does is study the brain and how it works, she'd be like, what are you thinking? Did you, you did not <clears throat> not, not, not as we get going and add the little things <laughs> that we've got. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway. Second Corinthians ten and verse five. It says Oh wait, no I'm in first Corinthians, sorry about that. Second Corinthians ten and verse five it says, We demolish arguments and every pretension. That sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's how we renew our minds. Now, this is not, it's, it's easier said than done. But let's just sort of break this down a little bit and take, take a look at some of the elements of this verse. Do you see there's warfare in this? We're, we're, this is not, we're talking about demolishing and taking captive There is a war happening here. It's a battlefield in our minds that determines a huge part of the fruit in our lives. So the goal is, it says, to demolish things, arguments, and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So we've got... We've got God and how God thinks and, and what God's logic is and how he says life works. And then we've got Satan as the god of this world who is going to be telling you that life works the opposite and is going to be telling you lies. That's what's going to be happening inside of our mind, whatever whatever that is. It says to demolish those things. Now, again, we think about the fact that Bring them down, man. Blow them up into smithereens! Bring them down. It's like every pretension, that's, you know, fascinating, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And it says we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, it's interesting because, again, you cannot stop thoughts from coming into your brain. But you decide whether they stay there or not. Now, I want to kind of address too as far as how the, how the mind works because we want to be paying more attention to what we're thinking about. You got to think about and be like, like I would just challenge you guys to, to step one is to grow an awareness of where your mind is staying. Now, one of the signals as we talked about are feelings. We talked about the feelings. We got little feelings there that come up in the brain, little flags. I think we got flags on the brain somewhere. <laughs> See, this is the part that Cindy would just go, what the heck is that? Little flags on the brain. So, so we have feelings, and feelings are like our little notices that say that something's going on. They are not, there's no right or wrong or good or bad with feelings. We might, there might be feelings we don't like very much. But there's no judgment on feelings. You can't control feelings. Feelings are absolutely involuntary. They are a reaction to something else. So it doesn't work if you're trying to cap- take captive every thought to Christ to be trying to cap- take captive the feelings themselves. To shame yourself about having certain feelings won't do anything for you. What you want to do is treat when the feelings come up them as little signals, little flags that tell you something is going on inside. Have you ever felt something like where you felt really sad and felt depressed and you had no idea where it came from? You know, I, I learned a few years ago and it's helped me immensely in this category of renewed mind in the first step of awareness is when I'm feeling that way, feelings come from thoughts. The feelings come from what you're thinking about. So when you have the feeling, you roll back the clock and think about what you've been thinking about for the last few hours, the last few days. Just roll back, just go back through your brain and start thinking about it. Because you know what, what happens to me a lot of times is I'll have all these small things that I don't think are a big deal, and I ignore, 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 and all of a sudden I feel just wiped out. I feel crummy, and I'm like, wow, I can't do anything. I feel defeated I feel like I you know feel awful and I don't even know why and it turns out that it's just a bunch of little things sometimes you know that that with me because usually I notice the big things I'm usually pretty good at you know noticing right pretty quickly if something's bothering me that way there used to be a time I'd ignore huge things I used to live like that guys where there would be major things and I'd be like I'm fine I'm a tank I don't see nothing feel nothing I'm good you can't get to me. Like, no matter what it was, it was like, you can't get to me. I am tough. I'm impenetrable. That We don't want to be there. We want to be where our feelings are working for us. We want to be where we can feel so that we can tell that something's going on inside. If we numb ourselves to the feelings, that that hurts too. It's just like our physical body. I think about this when it comes to feelings. If we didn't have nerves in in our hand where we could feel and sense pain if we weren't able to do that then we could do things like you could put your hand in a situation where you're not feeling pain and it's in danger and not have a hand left you know stick it some you know on in a fire or something and just like oh gee didn't even feel that and it's gone and honestly that happens with us emotionally very often when we have turned off our sensitivity where we cannot feel anything anymore, where we can't notice that bad things are happening because we've trained ourselves to not feel, and we're going to talk about that in another week, <coughs> so that we're not able to feel, that's not good. So we want to look at feelings and not judge them, not shame them, just be curious. Just have an attitude of being curious. It doesn't make it justified. Sometimes those feelings are based on lies, Sometimes when I am feeling afraid, it's based on not reality at all. You know, it's based on old triggers, it's based on old hurts, it's based on there's nothing at all for me to be afraid of, but I feel super afraid. But what we want to do in the process is notice the feelings, dial back your brain, think about where your thoughts have been thinking about, and then look at that. And that's where you're letting in to get help. When you're thinking about taking captive every thought to the obedience of Christ, we want to m- line up what our thoughts are when we realize what we've been thinking about and line them up with God. And there's a few ways to do that. And we're going to talk about it in different areas of our life, like I say, in the weeks to come, in our relationships and how we think about ourselves. We're going to get into all that stuff as far as how we work with our mind on these things. But <clears throat> but what what we want to do is take a look at how we're thinking and see if it lines up with reality, see if it lines up with God. If we make it obedient to Christ, what we're thinking, you know, whether it's, what's my heart about how I'm seeing somebody in my relationship? How am I seeing myself? Is that according to Christ or not? As far as the view of how, I'm, how am I thinking of myself? So we bring that, we can, and there's a bunch of ways that you can bring this into captivity, You can bring it into captivity by knowing the scripture. For one, honestly, to bring it into captivity, you have to know what the will of God is. If you don't know the Bible, you do not know the will of God. So you have to know the scripture to line up and say, are my thoughts and how I'm looking at life, whether it's me, whether it's my relationships, whether it's anything, work, there's so many categories that this relates to, does this line up with what the will of the Lord is for me? That's one area. You can also bring it captive by praying about these things and asking for help for God to be there for you in areas that you are believing lies. Where you can ask for help, God at pray for understanding, pray for light to see more of what you're not seeing. That's been a prayer of mine a lot lately. I've been just, I love praying this. It scares me a lot, but you know, I'm praying all the time now, Lord, help me see what I'm not seeing. Help me see, I keep getting a lot, like right now I got a load. I'm like, wow, okay, I got a lot in front of me. I got a I've got a lot of growing to do. i got a lot of things i got to work on. But thank you, Lord, for showing me this. Because if I didn't know, I couldn't do anything about it. And that's the idea of bringing every thought into captivity of Christ, where that's the goal. The other part of how we bring these thoughts into captivity is getting mirrors from people, which helps too, safe relationships, people that are walking with God, that are walking in the spirit, that are working on growth. And I ask for input and feedback on areas that I know I'm lacking objectivity or I may have my thinking be off. My judgment might be off. You know, because there's certain things that we, we want to look at that we say, it's possible that my thinking's not in reality here. You want to just sort of go, why? Because we want to see things a certain way because we've been hurt in the past. Many things like that. We just go, I might not be seeing this objectively. I've got insecurities. I've got, you know, fears here. But we want to bring them into the light. We don't want to stay there and go, I can't help it. I'm just stuck here. I can't do anything. I just feel crummy. That's how it is. You know, and, and how, because it's, the ball's in our court here. We're grown up people. You know, as far as, like, if we want to change our lives and have things change, there could be hurtful things that happened to us in the past that are triggering things now. But it's up to us to do something about that to get healing. It's not up to us to get everybody else to change for us and to make us feel better about it. Because our lives are in our hands. We're not children anymore. So anyway, so we've got, we got the emotions there in, in taking captive. Um, can we get the... Do we have the number two? Is that the one? Or Oh, there we go. <laughs> those are the fiery darts. You know, because the Bible talks about the fiery darts or the fiery arrows of the wicked one. A lot of times, those are the attacks from Satan when it talks about that we need the whole armor of God that we might quench the fiery darts of Satan. Some of the fiery darts are thoughts, guys. Some of the things that Satan is attacking you with are things that other people are saying to you or thoughts or things like that. See? (laughs) We're getting attacked. We're getting attacked. We're getting fed this stuff all the time. We are getting fed fiery darts from Satan all the time that are lies, that are not true. Lies about us, lies about others, lies about all kinds of things. About our perception, about life, about how life works. You know, God's an ogre, God's not good, God doesn't care about you, God's abandoned you, you know, or all of those things. There's a million of them that happened in the Garden of Eden. God doesn't care about you, he, you know, he doesn't want you eating that tree because he wants to deprive you of being like gods, you know, a lie in the beginning. So we're getting attacked, but it's up to us as to wh- whether we let those things stay there and we roll with it and we're getting carved or molded by the devil that we're just like a piece of clay, if we just go, oh, I'll just follow this thought along and let me just stay there and dwell on it and let's feel really sorry for myself and, you know, or whatever it might be, or let's be bitter or envious or let's, you know, stay powerless. You know, things like like staying where you want reality to change is a fiery dart. You stay stuck there. I just want the, the rules to be different of life, the world rules to be different is staying stuck we're responsible for what we do with our minds if we stay there it, ha- it we can't go anywhere when we're stuck on those things and we've all done this we've all we've all stayed stuck spinning in areas that we're so not in reality about it could be feeding on things it could be feeding on resentments things that you're powerless over all, you know all that kinda thing it could be blaming All kinds of things. But we want to get in reality. We want to get in reality about these things. Make them obey. We want to make our mind behave. You know, really. Like, we want to be in charge of our mind. So many of us, and I spent so much of my life letting my brain lead me. It just ran the show all over the place. And have you seen people that let that that happen all the time? Some real crazy stuff can happen. Because truthfully, you see people... You know, I think about the crimes that are committed and the and of course the the defense is oh they had a they were abused when they were a kid. Well, there are a lot of people that are abused when they were a kid that don't go out and do heinous things to other people. That's this is it guys, you can give into that and say and the feed on the anger, feed on the revenge, feed on the bitterness and all that, you it can go to dark places. And even if it doesn't go to the dark places, it can certainly go to mobilize you from being all that you can be. You know, a lot of us put so much time and energy into... like, like just wishing things were different. Wishing circumstances would change in areas that we're powerless over. This is... you're not going to move forward if that's where you stay stuck. You know, if, if any time in my life, there have been many areas I've done this. I did it just recently. <laughs> you know, I told you guys, it was last year, I think, where I stayed on the floor and cried about getting old. I mean, it's like pounding on the floor, praying to God. And finally, I, I just had this moment going, this isn't going to change doing this. It's like, there's th- I'm protesting reality. This is not helpful. You know, spending a lot of time protesting something that i that is just not going to change is just going to keep me stuck and look at all the time and energy and everything else that i'm focusing on. You know a lot of things too I was thinking about <clears throat> I think it's good to to when we think about being obedient to christ that I believe that 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 doesn't mean that we don't ever question things i'm n- you know I, I think that there is value to questioning things I think but the goal is that we approach God with a, with a heart to seek Him, not to spiral into being stuck. I think about this when I know we've all been challenged by doubts with God. I think about the whole argument of why bad things happen. And I really do believe, you know, books like Don't Blame God and, and the teachings in there answer those questions well, where it talks about, I do believe that. You know, the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world and that we have free will. And that's about as good as it gets for an explanation. I don't think there's another better one. Now, I can still get myself stuck in, well, why does it have to be that way? Well, it it is, and if I just stay focused on that, then guess what I do is I shut my heart down from being close to God. So how long do I want to stay there? I'm not saying it is good to ask the questions. But sometimes, you know, we're responsible for if, if you're looking and saying, there's just not another option, guys. What are you going to do? Just stay being upset about it? How helpful is that? The other option is that there's no God and you're not going to have any relationship with God. And you know what I mean? Like, how, how's that work? How great of an option is that working for you? Do you know what I mean? Like, part of this is we don't want to get ourselves stuck where we're not moving someplace where we want to be realistic about what are the choices, what are the options in front of us, and take charge and take responsibility about where we stay with our thoughts. It is a spiritual battle. Okay. <coughs> Pardon me. Let's go to Proverbs 4. You know, there's another verse of scripture, It's um, but the NIV has, not, has a different wording for it, but... Um, Oops. Proverbs 4 I would say too, as far as this whole area of um Oh, well let me tell you about this verse of scripture before we read this In Proverbs 23 and verse 7 It talks about the fact that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he so what that's talking about, NIV for some reason completely changed the wording, so we're not going to go to that one unless somebody's got a King James, but that's basically the verse I just told you. But um, it's, it means that as if you think about the heart, <coughs> the heart being the innermost part of the mind there, um, like being the center, the heart is sort of like we, we're full of all of these thoughts and, and feelings and all these kind of things that kind of bounce all over the place yeah there we go. a little heart in the brain so uh, <laughs> but you think about the heart as being what we it 's where our paradigms come from it 's what we care about. our heart are the things that we feed on over and over and over again and kind of make the decisions and choices for our life it 's the things that we care deeply about. there are many references to to heart in the Bible, and they always it 's funny because they use a couple of different words one is um you know the greek and hebrew are different but one is where it like in the greek it's cardia but it's also means like it means pumping heart inside of us but it also means the innermost part of our being that what makes up the core of who we are it's kind of the, the core of our of our of our mind the center part the things that we've spent a lot of time thinking about that become who we are as a man thinks in his heart so is he the deep part of our mind so, and it talks about the heart being wicked sometimes, like you can have a pure heart, you can have a wicked heart, and part of that is how we train and discipline the thoughts that we dwell on become and make up our heart, becomes our beliefs, it becomes kind of how we, how we guide our life in, in many ways. And that can be conditioned to be obedient to Christ or not to be obedient to Christ. There are people where the Bible says that their hearts are really wicked and really, really dark. And that that's, of course, where you hear about people doing heinous things that you say, how is a human being capable of such dark, horrible things? But part of this is, is that it takes discipline and it takes time to bring captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. It's something you've got to work at over a period of time. Now, it's interesting when we talked about the fact that you cannot stop the crazy thoughts from coming in, but what I've also noticed is that the more and more that I've brought my mind to be thinking to into being obedient to Christ, the less I'm getting attacked by the crazy thoughts. There were times when my head was like assaulted all the time by crazy thoughts, destructive thoughts, hateful thoughts, envious thoughts, you know insecure, fearful thoughts, that my brain, that it was so much more so, but the more that we discipline our minds over and over again to renew our minds, the less that those crazy thoughts will hit you too, which is kind of cool, you know, because you you experience, I've experienced a great deal of freedom in that, that I don't even, you know, it's just nice to not have that going on as much or as often. Uh, <coughs> But it takes practice. It's the same thing with if you, we've talked about where, where if you've tried to spend time in prayer or in quiet time with God and your brain goes all over the place for a while. You know, if you haven't been doing that on a regular, on a regular basis, your brain just goes out of control. You start doing your grocery list or thinking about work or, you know, thinking about how you're going to fix things. That's what I do. I'm like, oh, start praying. Pretty soon I'm figuring it out to fix it. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, God. That was really dumb. Um, So in Proverbs 4 and verse 23, it says, Above all else. Wow. You got to pay attention when when a verse starts off like that, right? Above all else. It says, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Now, we talk about this in the dating workshop as guarding your heart in romantic relationships in particular as far as letting people in. But truly, this is a bigger topic than just who you let in for romantic relationships. When the Bible's speaking about guarding your heart, it's talking about the concept of leading every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, that we want to be in a place that we are deliberate and we are proactive and that we are making decisions and choices about what we're letting into our minds and what we're letting stay there. That we, that we want to be purposeful in it, to stand guard on our minds about that. Because it says, out of it, it says, it, well, I'm a, I'm get King, I know King James better. It's the, it springs all the issues of life. It says, and in this one it says, is a wellspring of life. If you think of a wellspring, it's it's you know it, it's it's underwater spring that that is kind of you think of it as being like an endless supply in a way of life, <clears throat> but it's where all the issues from life flow is from the heart. Your life, my life, and the fruit of it comes and is out from where our heart is, and that comes from us conditioning our minds. That's the relationship. So it's really important that we are not wishy-washy about this, that we are deliberate about this and say, if we have thoughts, that we stand at the guard and say, no, that's a lie from hell. That I'm no good or that God doesn't care about me is a lie from hell. There's lots of things. Where's our little guard? See, we got the thoughts making up all the brain and the heart at the center there. And then we got the guard. There we go. So you got a guy... We got a shield of faith and we got the sword of the spirit which is the word of God standing at the front of our minds and fighting off those fiery arrows of the wicked one. There we go. There we go. Bam. See? We got to have our guard there at the front of our brain. And so when Satan comes, there we go. The guard on guard, on guard. There we go. The fiery darts, they just bounce right off. They just bounce right off. That's where we want to be more and more. I can see different areas of my life. Lately, honestly, I've been working on my confidence things and some of the areas that I doubt myself. Those that's kind of a new arena for me. There there have been areas that I that I really retrained the way I think on on how I relate to sex. You know, that was an area that, that was out of control. But it's it's going, no, I want to believe what God says. I want to believe That God says that it's about relationship and about, you know, spending your life with somebody. I want to believe that. I know that God is wise. And so when the thoughts come in, I'm like, no, it doesn't work for me. Tried that. Seen that. Doesn't work. It's destructive. It hurts. It takes me out. This is not helpful. This is a lie. And say, I want to believe what God says. We want to be in reality about this. This is something that, that, like I say, in the next few weeks we're going to be looking at this, but the more that we can be deliberate and proactive and not just sort of getting, floating around, it's as being tossed to and from by every wind of doctrine and, you know, cunning craftiness, that we're not just tossed around, but that we're deliberate and saying, I want to make my thoughts, every thought, obedient. And take it captive to the obedience of Christ. I'm lining my brain up with, because I'm telling you, I'm at a point where I believe that there's nothing God says to me that's not totally going to bless me. We want to get there. If you're not feeling that yet, that's where you want to be. Because what are the other options? Take a look at how things have worked before without God. Not that great for me. You know, sometimes just be realistic about uh, reality is your friend. We want to, I really believe that the closer that we move to reality, the closer that we move to God. And part of this is, part of the the things that move us away from God are sitting there spending endless hours wishing for options that don't even exist and aren't going to. How much time do we spend just wishing the world was different or reality was different or this person would change or the situation would change or you know, things like that, you know, instead of saying, okay, I got what I got, but God is my God who will supply, that I have a God that cares for me, that loves me, you know, that wants what's best for me, that wants me blessed, that wants me happy, that wants my life full, that Jesus Christ said he came to give us life and give it to the full kind of thing. Anyway, above all else, stand guard, it says. some of the things that we're going to be talking about just to, in the, in the next few weeks, some of the uh, things that we've got ahead. Um, we're going to be talking about how we think about ourselves, how we look at ourselves, some of the voices and the self-talk. Where we want to bring it into reality, both positive and negative, that that's really where it's healing and how do we believe what's true about us. We're going to talk about how we think about others and how to relate uh, in that. You know, bitterness, envy, unforgiveness, controlling, victim mentality, some of those things. We're going to talk about uh, fears, you know, and uh, healing fears. We're also going to talk about uh, the power of actions and the power of choice and how they impact our brain. So so those are some of the things that we're going to be doing in the time ahead. So for January, we're going to be getting into some scripture and being set free in our brains. We're going to do a brain makeover. So amen. Let me pray. (sighs) Heavenly Father, I love that you do not want us in bondage, that you don't want our brains to be in charge of us just taking us all over to these crazy places and out of control thoughts and things that bring us down and, and, and make us feel like we're prisoners in our own minds. You know that you... You do have the answers, and you have the peace. And in you, there's peace. In you, there's safety. In in you, there's freedom. Um, God, that you do desire that for every person here that you love everyone and that you have such amazing things in store for each of us, that we can have a vision, your vision for us in the way that you see us, and that we can trust you more to walk in your steps and to not be about our own program, but to really believe that you that you care, that you are fighting for us, that you want the best for us, that we can make our thoughts captive to you, Lord Jesus, that you are our Savior, you are our Lord, and that you are the head of the body and that you are leading the way and that in you there's light and no darkness at all, that we can move more and more to towards you who are light, Lord. Let this year and, and help us to prepare our hearts to become closer to you, to become obedient to you, and to feel freedom in that, that we get to choose, Lord, And in you there is freedom, and in in you there is peace. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for these things. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.